guys. Welcome back to Quirks and Crime. You are tuning into episode six. Um, we are calling this episode Bottle of Red. Guess who's dead? <laughs> Thank you, Jeff, for that. Um, I'm Heather. I'm Natalie. And today we are enjoying a bottle of Pinot Grigio. It was pointed out to me by Natalie. We had not had any Pinot Grigio yet. I know, which is crazy. Right. We both love Pinot. Which is crazy because it like flows through my veins. Like that's, <laughs> that's, my, that's my wine. So we are drinking Rufino. It's probably how you say it. Don't know. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. It's Italian. It's delicious. It's light. Um, got it at our favorite store, Total Wine. Love mm-hmm. that place. And um, you can scan on the Vivino app and it'll tell you what we should pair it with, how much it costs, where you can purchase it. But it's really yummy, actually. Um, yeah. Delicious. Check it out. Rafino. We'll post um, on our, what you call it? Tags. We'll tag <laughs> it. That's it. I paired it with some Starburst <laughs> this morning. Yeah, it was perfect. <laughs> Um, so we were going to talk about what we're listening to, and both of us are listening to Hitman. It's so good. Yes, it is. I've eaten that podcast up. I'm already almost to the second to last episode. I think I have like two or three left, but mm-hmm. it definitely, like I was completely, like totally taken Blown away. away. Yes. Yeah. It's so interesting, but also like it really really frustrating and heartbreaking for me yeah. too. Yeah. So it's done by iHeartRadio. And it's about this book. What's the book is called? Hitman. Um, a oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's guide like a, for it's an a indi- guide. It's guide for independent contractors, like contract killers, aka. Um, and it talks like the first part kind of talks about this one case where the hitman actually used this how-to book, right? And then the second part of it is a lot about like First Amendment rules, which I thought was really interesting because I just never like kind of take the First Amendment for granted and never really thought about how it can be manipulated and used in the wrong way. Right. So yeah, basically I looked up the, um, their synopsis and in 1983, um, they say, how do you say their press? Paladin, 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 Paladin press, <laughs> Paladin press mm-hmm. or that, um, a French publish- publisher released a book called Hitman, a technical manual for independent contractors, which, I mean, this podcast follows a story, which obviously the hitman followed this book Mm -hmm. like step by step Mm -hmm. but then the people behind the crime like it's just it's really it's a really sad but it's really well done yeah i heart radio does a really good i didn't even know that they did podcast and i'm not sure i did either the lady who does it i think her name is jasmine Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah she's got a great voice she's She's a great voice yeah she's she did really like she compiled it really well where the story made sense and um yeah it's Thought provoking, for sure. It's you should, really if good. you haven't listened to it, you definitely need to. Yeah. And um, you were telling me that you finished baby teeth. I finished baby teeth. Yeah, it's did disturbing. You have to, did you have to put it in the freezer? <laughs> did you have to take a break? <laughs> I'm returning it to my public library <laughs> immediately. Yeah, it's a really good book. It's really well written, but it's disturbing. Agreed. Yeah, yeah I read it and. I mean, it was so good, and I, I read it quickly. But yeah. after, I'm like, okay, I'm going to need something a little more Lighter. light and not as creepy. If you've not read it, you should definitely oh, check it out. It's, it's really it's good. It's very good. I, but I did end it wanting more. Right. Like, I wanted to know more of the story. But then and also, it like, does to... it need a sequel? Like, I might die. No, no. <laughs> uh, I mean, my palms were sweating reading it. It's yeah. one of those, like, really good can't put down, yeah. but also, like... 
very scary. Also can't read it by yourself. Yeah, sometimes I get like that. Like when it gets crazy, I'll just have to put it down. Like I can't read the next part. I've got to go take a walk. Yeah, (laughs) I need to go evaluate everything about my life. (laughs) Right, I I get really into it, but I thought it was very good. It's good. Nuts. Karis gave me Ghosted. Oh, good. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm not finished with it, but it's, and I've not had a chance to really get into it, but Mm -hmm. I'm, I don't know how far I'm into it, but it's it's good. It's I'm, really good. I'm only five pages, and I'm already like, oh, this is really good. Yeah, I'm interested to see what actually happens. Yeah, yeah. it's it's kind of mysterious mm-hmm. a little bit. At least only the literally five pages right. that I've read. Um, I'm like, I already am like, what happened? You I know? know, I know. It definitely gets you in the beginning. Like, yeah. okay, I got to know what's up. Yeah. So thank you, Karis, for letting me borrow yes. that. <laughs> yes, and thank you. I think Missy's the one that told me that I got it on my Kindle app for $1.99. She I, told me about what it. What a deal. Yes. I know. It's awesome. Okay, so we'll dive in. We're each going to tell um, a story about different crimes, and mm-hmm. Natalie's going to start things off. So um, my story is about Angela Simoda. Uh, Angela Simoda attended the University um, excuse me, Southern Methodist University in Dallas, Texas to cu- study computer science and electrical engineering. Um, and when she was a freshman, she was roommates with a lady named Sheila Wysocki. Um, so they met their uh, roommates when they were freshmen. And then um, two years later, they lived together in an apartment. So Angela was born on September 19th, 1964. Um, and on the night of October 12th, 1984, Angela and two of her friends went to the state fair of Texas. Um, at the time, Angela had a boyfriend, but he did not join, um, with the other two or I'm sorry, with the other three because he had an early wake up call the next morning. After the fair, the friends went to the Rio Room Dance Club and stayed until 1 a.m., which sounds sounds super fun. (laughs) Um, So Angela dropped both of her friends off, and then she drove to her boyfriend's house to say goodnight and then went to her apartment. Not long after arriving home, Simona's boyfriend called the police to report he had received a phone call from Angela um, that had been then disconnected. So the police go over there, the apartment manager lets the cops in and finds Simoda's dead and naked body on her bed. An autopsy discovered that she had been raped and stabbed to death. And there were a few suspects, um, including the boyfriend and then also like one of the friends that she was with at the state fair, but they never led to any arrest and they also didn't lead to like any charges brought against anybody. So the case went cold, but... Um, I mentioned her friend, Sheila Wysocki, earlier. Her friend was really like, we can't let this go. We've got to figure out who did this to my friend and my roommate. Um, So she pleaded with the police, and then in 2006, they reopened the case. Um, Detective Linda Crum was tasked with the case. Um, So she used blood, semen, and fingernail samples to try to find a match among persons who were already convicted, who already had a criminal record. Um, So this retesting led to a positive match, a man named Donald Bess. At the time of Angela's murder, he was on parole while serving a 25-year sentence. Ugh. Yeah. Um, So... Donald Bess was tried for Angela's murder in 2010 while he was already serving a life sentence. So in 1987, he was convicted for aggravated sexual assault and aggravated kidnapping. But in 1984, he was out on parole. So then this guy just cannot stay out of trouble. In 1985, he was sentenced to life imprisonment for one count of aggravated rape, 
one count of aggravated kidnapping, one count of aggravated sexual assault. So in 2010, during the punishment phase, other women testified to being raped by Bess, even his ex-wife who divorced him in 1972. Oh, wow. Um, so on the date, basis of the DNA match, Bess was found guilty and on June 8, 2010, received the death sentence. He has since filed two appeals that have been denied. And I looked it up. The Texas Department of Criminal Justice doesn't have a date for his execution on their website. Um, but Sheila Wysocki, who is Angela's friend, um, who begged the police to reopen the case, is now a private investigator in Tennessee. I know. I thought she did. Like, it was because of her that this case was solved. Yeah. I mean, she persisted and persisted and ended up becoming a private investigator. Mm-hmm. Like, harassed essentially the police department Mm -hmm. to reopen this case and they finally listened to her and she's like oh wait we've got this evidence hanging out like at the police station or wherever stuff hangs out right like why can't we run this and so it was her persistence for her friend and i love that story yeah and if and i don't know if they could have ran it in 1985 because i don't i don't really know i need to actually research that when dna started but if they had they would have caught this guy immediately because he was already in prison he was just on parole Exactly, which now they have new laws, which basically if you're like a repeat offender, and I'm going to say this wrong because I don't know the name of it and I don't know the rules, but basically they run your DNA to make sure Mm -hmm. that like if you're sitting in prison that you're not guilty of another crime. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people's families, like victims' families, have made that happen Mm -hmm. and have like resulted in so many arrests. But like I give it up to her for like... You know, sticking up for her friend. Yeah. Wanting to make this happen. Yeah. And then she went on to, like, live out this passion and being a private investigator and making such a difference in other people's lives. Right. It's awesome. Go go, Sheila, right? Go Sheila. I love it. Um, My story is um, sort of local, um, Fort Valley, Georgia, which is south. So we're going to be talking about Doris Worrell. And when she was in college, she met John Worrell, which she was Doris then. I don't know her maiden name. I apologize. Met John Worrell, a golf pro at UGA. Go dogs, except for last weekend. I'm not even going to get into it. It was so bad. It was bad. We've just had a bad Georgia team week between the Braves. Mm -hmm. I mean, all of it. You know, it's my fault they lost, though. How come? <laughs> well, because Jonathan and I were going to go to a bar and watch it. Uh-huh. And I was like, honestly, like, eh, I don't really care. It's, it's like a lame be, game. I said, it's going to be a blowout. And Jonathan right. was like, Natalie, this is another SEC team. Like, don't, you don't need to say that. Jonathan doesn't care about Georgia. He roots for Auburn. Right. But, um... He was like, I don't think you need to say that because it's another SEC team and South Carolina is very good. And I was like, whatever. And I eat my words. There because it goes. They, they mopped the ground with us. Yeah, it was painful. I remember texting bad. Jeff because I was out of town and I'm like, are you watching this? And he turns it on and his response to me was like, y'all are effed. Yeah. And I'm like, you're right. Well, yeah, because Jeff went to Auburn, right? <laughs> he went to Auburn. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he's not too invested, but I think for him to be like, oh yeah, this is really bad. So bad. Because he cares really about Auburn, bad. you know? Yeah. Anyway, we digress. Doris and um, John get married, and they move to Douglas, Georgia, which coincidentally, I have a former coworker from Douglas. So I reached out to her, and I'm like, do you know this family? She's like, oh, yes. Like, I, I know them um, from church, and I used to babysit their kids. And, like, this mm-hmm. woman was, like, the nicest woman ever. So... They move to Douglas, and they have children. Um, Doris is a teacher. They have three kids, two girls and a boy. And John started a family amusement center called John's Sport Park. 
And it is described so as great. having a go-kart track, an arcade, a ball pit, an obstacle course. So they're at church one Sunday, and the family met a, um, a girl in need, a shy, pretty 15-year-old named Paula Yarbury. She was an immigrant from Venezuela, and she'd been abandoned by her guardian aunt and found herself on the church's doorstep, homeless. That's so sad. I know. So Doris's sister said that Doris had a heart of gold and told Paula, Come stay. You can sleep on our sofa. And Paula did. This transitioned from her staying on the sofa for a few nights to her to like her living with them. Mm-hmm. So she fits right in, helping with the younger kids, working side by side with John at the um, sport park. And after four years, at the age of 19, she became one of the family. So in the crime watch or whatever videos I watched, she's mm-hmm. literally part of their family portraits. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember Olin Mills going oh, for your, I remember your little studio photos. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Paula's in there with the fam. Mm-hmm. Like, she's full on part of the family. Yeah. So, on the morning of September 20th, 2006, everything changed. John's sport park was closed. John and Paula had scheduled some deep cleaning of the facility. That day, Doris, normally a stay-at-home mom, would help clean the kitty tunnels. Apparently, this was very odd for her to be there helping with this process, according to her sister. Like, Mm -hmm. no, this is not normal. This is not what they normally did. It's kind of bizarre. He kind of had his sports park and she stayed with the kids right but Mm -hmm. she was going to help deep clean the sports park that day which is yeah so at 9 30 john allegedly leaves for a trip to the hardware store leaving doris and paula alone sometime between 9 40 and 11 15 gunfire explodes in john's sport park a 911 call comes in from a man claiming someone shot his wife john's wife doris lies dead in a pool of blood shot once in the head point blank there's no sign of a weapon and no sign of the killer Powell went and climbed in one of the tunnels and stayed there until John arrived. She was afraid and said she wouldn't come out. So the question is, who did it? Yeah. So one thing when you were saying that, I've heard this story one other time and I never caught on to this. 9.45 to 11.15 is a big gap. Is that how long John was gone? That's when he is supposedly gone at his hardware store. And at some point, that's when Doris is shot. Yes. Okay. While he's not there. Okay. At the hardware store. But Paula never points to like, oh, it was 15 minutes after you left or it was around this time. It just happens to be in this very long stretch of time. Right. So Doris's sister Leanne claims John and Paula are spending long days and nights working at the sports park. Paula is arrested because she doesn't have legal status. Facing lockup and deportation, the 19-year-old finally decides to speak. She drops a bombshell about Doris's murder. Paula made statements that led agents to believe she had more information about the death than she was willing to give the agents at the time of her deportation. So two people were arrested, and it's not who you think. So the Georgia Bureau of Investigation has not named John and Paula as suspects in the murder. Gideon Rodriguez and Brandon Cage were arrested on conspiracy to commit murder charges. The charge conspiracy to commit murder means they have allegedly discussed plans for a murder, but not that they actually pulled the trigger. So then, right, it begs the question, if they were planning Doris's murder, like, with whom? But who who are these guys? Like, why would they want They never really go into, like, a bunch of detail, but it it leads me to believe they were hired, potentially. Mm. Oh, Hitman. Hitman. (laughs) Right. Now that's on my brain. They read the book. (laughs) After nearly five weeks in custody, authorities released Rodriguez and Cage. So this part... I didn't do more research on because I didn't really want to know. So during this time that all of this has happened, Doris has passed away. No one's been arrested. Or I guess these guys have been arrested. No one's been charged, allegedly. Mm -hmm. Um, He moves them to like Florida. 
He moves the family. The family to Florida, his mm-hmm. children. So at and some Paola. point, and Paola, yes. Mm-hmm. John takes the family dog to the vet and has him euthanized. <gasps> which dog better have been old and he, dying. Uh, yeah, the dog was 18 years old That's and right. blind and deaf and <laughs> couldn't walk. walk anymore. Uh-huh. Exactly. That's exactly why. I can't think of that. No. No, mm-hmm. no, no. Nope. So then he went and withdrew the children from school in the middle of the day and flew to Costa Rica. Okay. According to Doris's sister, Leanne. Costa Rica's beautiful. It, I mean, it really is. <laughs> but. <laughs> so, according to correspondence from the district attorney, Worrell is the chief suspect in the murder of his wife, and Paula Yarbury is a person of interest. No one's been officially charged with her murder. Um, a judge orders Paula to be deported from the U.S., then John suddenly uproots his children and moves to Costa Rica. Mm. So I don't understand why they did not have him as like a flight risk, right. knowing that he's with this Paula woman who can't be in the U.S. Right? Like, why did they not pull his passport? And right? Why is he allowed to be in Costa Rica? And how long her? did it take them to make him a person of interest? I don't have those details, but it yeah. seems like pretty quickly. I mean, the husband's always the oh, suspect. True. You know, yes, true. So down in Costa Rica, he owns a local ice delivery service. He's with Paula, now known by locals as Mrs. Worrell. And it's an ongoing investigation. That is gross. It is gross. I feel really bad for his kids. Yeah. I mean, and her poor family. Like, they don't get to see their grandchildren or nieces, nephews, whatever. Because he uprooted them to Costa Rica with her. And originally, this girl, Paula, was like more one of their children. Right. Because she was 15 when... She started living with them. Absolutely. And now he's like... Right. That's his girlfriend or whatever. disturbing. It is very disturbing. So... Mm, That's so um, sad. We've decided that since we're telling sad stories, we're going to end with funny stories. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, as you know, or you may not know, but you know now, Natalie and I are both nurses. So, with nursing and nursing school comes some funny stuff. (laughs) Cannot lie. (laughs) So, I was going to tell a quick story... I'm not going to call you out by name, but when I was in nursing school, one of the guys in my class, and when I went to nursing school, I mean, this was like over 20 years ago, and so there were not many men in the field, Mm -hmm. and now I think that's definitely changed. So, I mean, we only had a class of 50, and I think we had three guys. I actually had a class of 40, and we only had three guys graduate, yeah. Which now I think it's much more common, which I love. Like, we need men in our industry. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Um, But it... (laughs) I hate saying this, but it was a little bit easier for them to get in because we started with five and ended with three. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, no comment on that. I have lots of theories. But I will never forget. And he was a good storyteller. Like, he told the story of he had a patient, um, an adult, in an adult diaper. And he went to change it. And he originally tried to change it like, like, by, like you do a baby. <laughs> like, putting the legs, legs in the air. <laughs> And I'm guessing, like, his preceptor or whoever was there was like, uh, okay. No. So for those that don't know how you do that, I mean, you have to do, like, side to side. Right. You cannot lift an adult's legs up in the Which air. Which we learn how to turn <laughs> patients in semester one. And he was, but like, he's lifting the legs up, holding them at the ankles. Right. <laughs> Trying to. I'm hoping this was a small adult. I don't know. But when he told that story, like, we just died. Oh. We died. Because... 
come on. So yeah, we'll end, the, we'll end with that, which I always go back to because I love that story and I love him, but I'm not going to call out his name. Um, and so, yeah, well, we're going to do that. Yeah. So let us know what you want to hear, what wine you want us to drink, what you want us to talk about. And um, Natalie, where can they find us on the social media? At Quirks and Crime Podcast on Instagram, Quirks and Crime Podcast on Facebook, and at Quirks and Crime Podcast on Gmail. Yes, perfect. All right, y'all. Thank you so much. Tune in next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye.